Alrighty, hey Trish. Hey Matt. We are here with the amazing, incomparable, and someone I am so happy to call my sister, Juicy Carland. Hi. Welcome, Juicy. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I always do. (laughs) (laughs) See, I read that on the bathroom stall, but I didn't know if that was you or not. You know what? My prices are cheap, but it's just so damn fun. I keep doing it every day. Well, I mean, if you lower your prices, I mean, doesn't that get you more business? Isn't that more lucrative? You know, the efficiency of volume really does matter. Absolutely. Once you get to scale. Absolutely. I think it's a numbers game, really. <laughs> Eventually it pans out, right? Yeah, volume yeah. Is- <laughs> you know, if you sell a high enough volume, low margins can really do you justice. Now, I feel like the volume could be referring to a few things. Oh, yes, I come profusely. That is also true. Okay, that's what I was, that's yes, what I was thinking. Prodigious. Just, yes. just Niagara Falls. <laughs> like the elevator in The Shining or whatever, where the blood just... Whoosh. Yes, but instead of blood, it's... Um, semen. Just, yes, semen. Semen is the word we want to look for. I was yeah. going to go with, you know, milky, viscous, and slow moving, but that'll Okay. Do. Yeah. I was just uh, going to say jizz. So Can you ima- imagine the smell, though, of oh. that elevator opening and just oh. Oh. thousands and of I gallons think... of cum wafting along the air. You're just... hit by the wave of smell before you're hit by the wave of cum. I think the wave of ran- the smell of rancid cum would kill you before you would drown in it. What's worse, drowning in blood <laughs> or drowning in cum? Yes. Okay. <laughs> can we get a, can we get a two for blood and cum? Because that's re- that really sounds like a good time. And oh, wow. ladies and gentlemen, that is a record for how close the show has gone off the rails. Absolutely. <laughs> Holy shit! You usually we like ask uh, one question first, but that's just I'm so. And I love it. it. I I'm still here for it. Uh, <laughs> in the spirit of asking at least one question. Um, <laughs> So I know you from the Bingo Bunch uh, with Charlie Hydes. Um, We play bingo together, but um, I've always been curious, how did you come up with Juicy Garland? Yeah, so I had always really wanted to do drag, but I never had like the, 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 the enough braveness to really jump at it. But then I, uh, I made a really good close friend who I love, who's a dr- local drag sister for me, who inspired me to start actually getting off my ass and doing drag. And I was thinking of a name for the longest time. And I went through a bunch of like stupid, silly names. And I just, I really love like old Broadway and old Hollywood. And I really wanted a Judy Garland joke. And it just, it sort of popped out of my mouth one day. And like anything that pops out of my mouth, it goes right back in. So I just kept it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it's an easy reference to get to, which it I is. love. And, and it's a fun one. It just, it sounds so delightful. I, I love it. I love how it sort of gets thrown out there and just sort of sticks. Yeah. yeah it really I, you, you, off the tongue. Yeah. You have one of my favorite names. Thank you. So also, how, my, um, how how long have you started drag? Sorry, Matt, but I want to ask you. How long have you been doing drag? Because your looks are impeccable. Thank you. I started doing drag like infrequently, maybe three years ago, closer to two. And then I was doing more and more drag at the end of like 2019, middle to end of 2019. There was a local queer club night called Don't Ask, Don't Tell that has stopped since the pandemic hit. I'm hoping they pop that back up eventually. But then when the pandemic hit, I really, I was starved for a creative outlet and I'm a very social person. Uh, so not being able to go outside and talk to real humans really affected me. And when uh, I found out about Charlie Hyde's Bingo Bunch, I really leapt into it. And for a year plus, I did a new drag look every week. And almost all of those were looks I sewed. I taught myself to sew about a year before and really left into it in 2020. Shit. Wow. It's like your your looks week to week does not look like you were just like, you just jumped into it. That. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Your, yeah, no, your garments are impeccable. I love your garments. 
Yeah, the some of them aren't as impeccable as I wish they were, but you know, there's a learning curve, right? And I'm I'm really happy with a lot of the work I've put in because I've really learned a lot. And I've learned how to sort of really challenge myself creatively and go out of like a neat little box of what I think drag should look like or what a garment should look like. And I try to do something more interesting and fun and twist it. Yeah. The pride look was amazing. <sighs> that was a miserable son of a bitch. So, <laughs> I, but it was so beautiful. Like, it looks so good. Like, I should describe it. So I had this uh, short skirted bodycon dress with these puff sleeves, but it was stretch vinyl. And not only was it stretch vinyl, but I told myself, I'm not just going to do a rainbow stripe like a barber pole, like all the drag queens do. I'm going to do a splatter pattern. And I did this like abstract rainbow splatter that radiated from like the mid left with red and like splotches out to purple on the right. And sewing that freaking dress was so miserable because the 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 vinyl yeah. didn't want to like stretch and bend like normal fabric does. So going around curves on top of trying to run vinyl through a sewing machine was hell. It was so bad. I almost cool. gave I, up. I almost gave up, but I kept going. I'm glad you didn't, because yeah, yeah, the look was beautiful. And my mom was a seamstress. So mm -hmm. I know that vinyl is not an easy fabric or an easy material to work with. So the fact that you did it and it looked so good. Yeah, Thank you. I, I wouldn't even attempt a tube dress out of vinyl. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, if, if you're doing like a, a simple dress pattern and straighter lines, the, the vinyl's not too bad to work with because you can usually slide along the back, but the nature of the dress I did with all of the curved lines, it, it was just so difficult to move everything around and keep it even without bunching it and without snagging like the tacky vinyl side of the fabric in, in the like foot of the sewing machine. Oh. I can only imagine, especially like, cause you said it's very like during our like Instagram lives and stuff like that. You said it's very hot and humid around you and in your oh, house. Yeah. So like, I can imagine that did not make working with vinyl any easier. Uh, well, it, it's worth uh, wearing it out here because New England is notorious for its insane weather and high humidity, <laughs> and like, yeah, warm and humid. A great combination for a plastic wrap dress, effectively. Oh Just right. Yeah, skin tight plastic. Great idea when you're a sweaty, gross human. And with all the padding and all the Ugh, like, all the yeah. layers. <laughs> it's like you take out like I have a few vinyl dresses I've made, and that one is actually less tight than some of the others. But like on a really hot day, after a handful of hours in drag, I just sort of peel it off, and I feel like a rotten banana. Just because everything is so wet and squishy underneath, and it just, I, I, ugh. See, I see, Worth these it, are the, that's the thing that no one tells you about wearing a vinyl dress. That, like, after you oh, peel yeah. it off, you feel like a rotten banana. See, like, that is the cold hard truth. Mm -hmm. It looks great if it's well fitted, if it's a nice garment, but it is not fun to wear and it is less fun to take off. Yeah, see, I don't know if I could wear vinyl. I already get heat stroke and drag. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things that once you get it, you're like, you just get more prone to getting it. That makes sense. So like, yeah, last, th I, this past Thursday, I took a Thursday off from doing uh, Forbidden Bingo and getting up mm -hmm. and drag and all that kind of stuff. Just cause like, I couldn't do it. It was like 81 degrees in my house. I couldn't yeah. sit there. I usually get yeah, in a drag and throw up. Oh jeez! Oh, wow. For me, like like, like uh, legit heat stroke, yeah. I grew up as a dirty uh, farm boy in the sun in Western Massachusetts, so <laughs> I was inured to the heat early on, and I'm normally pretty fine with it as long as it's not too humid, so that it doesn't get me that bad. But yeah. Okay, then I recommend not coming to Florida because usually it's at least sixty percent humidity all the time. Oh, I know. I'm actually going to the Dominican Republic next week, which is going to be a real hot time because it is just in the beginning of August. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. How many bathroom um, stalls are you going to write your name on? As many as I can find. I expect as many pictures. as they'll let me in, which that might be a smaller number. 
I'm gonna send you sharpies so that you can accomplish this task. I'll go through several, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll become an inter- you'll have international clientele now. And you know what? Fame is all anyone is asking for, isn't it? True. Dick Minikin. <laughs> well, there's there's famous and then there's infamous. What's the difference? I don't understand. Uh, you one know, of them. I couldn't tell you. Gaga, the other one is Willem. Either way, you're notorious or you have notoriety. It's all the same to me. Yeah, all I'd attention is both. good attention. <laughs> I'd be down with Willem. Um, I, I think I'm gonna wear. <laughs> okay, so juicy. Do you? Is yes. it too much? Because I have this Willem fanny pack that's like clear. I was uh, thinking about like putting that around my waist for the bingo for the yeah it's like i've because clearly we've decided that we i'm not wearing pajamas and you've no. already made a look so you're not wearing uh, yeah pajamas. i already sewed a dress last night so yeah we're committed happening. to the we're committed to the 2000s so yes. um yes Much should i wear like the fanny pack yeah i i i think you should and you should fill it with lipstick and condoms i w- oh yeah i don't have condoms because i don't use those um <laughs> as a married gentleman i've heard of them yes uh, I am familiar with the concept, but um, yes. we don't use them anymore. Um, last time me and Byron had them, we actually filled them up with glitter and popped them. <laughs> oh God! What? Just to ju- just to watch that? the glitter go everywhere. Just to watch. That's the gl- worse we than drunk. getting herpes. We were drunk. We did it outside. <laughs> and let me tell you, there was glitter on that fucking um, like concrete, like path tile for mm-hmm. fucking ever. I'm pretty sure there's still glitter on that tile. Oh, you'll never get it out. I oh. have, from last year, because uh, for a bingo look, one of the themes was glitter, and I covered myself in so much glitter that I'm looking at my mic stand right now, and I'm looking at glitter from last, what was that, May? June? Oh, jeez. Of yeah. 2020. I saw yeah, pictures it's still from, on my desk. I saw everyone's pictures oh, from that. God. I'm just like, I don't know how y'all did that. That was... Uh, Charlie Hyde's I... was cruel to come up with that one. It was hilarious. I mean, I I still have the wig for that cuz I um I got like this 1950s Marilyn style wig and I teased it out and shaped it a bit differently. But then I layered on it glitter and hairspray, like 10 layers of that in addition oh to oh, unicorn skin smeared on top of it. Oh so no. So that way it, it's just half glittering Kate. glue. Kate. And that well, thing does it, not move. No is shit it what was that? Like, would it would be salvageable at this point? Like, after you did all that, or is it just oh, it's, that's how it, it's staying? It's staying that way forever. There is no reversing that damage. But it looks great. I love it. But yeah, I uh, I covered myself in glitter, and I had this like silver sequin dress, and I was basically a 1950s style human disco ball. That's amazing. Ooh. I love the concept, but I would shoot myself if I had to like put that much glitter on me. Yeah, that one I painted my face like white and silver to get like a Tin Man look. Yeah, that was fun. That just reminds me of like the the Bianca Del Rio visual where she's like all glittered out. That look is incredible. I the the kind of dedication to getting glitter that glued to your skin with that no, kind ma'am. of coverage. I don't even know how you come back from that. Just getting it off has to tear apart your skin. I She's still imagine. shitting it out of her, her asshole, for sure. Oh, I'm sure. 100%. I mean, at her age, she probably lacks the bowel control, so it's just a steady stream. Yeah. Honestly, I guarantee you, she's still, like, she's farting glitter. It's it, it's never-ending. Mm. She just can't stop it. Fuck. Um, I, I mean, speak, speaking she's of a Bianca perfect Del match Rio, for Lady Bunny. She's, she's coming to Calgary. <laughs> oh, is she? And, uh, yeah, but uh, I don't think her tickets are doing very well because I oh, see no. like 300 Facebook ads a day. Oh, wow. Well, it's it's hard right now with live shows. I'm actually tonight going to see a live show and uh, Who are you going uh, they to see? were, oh, it, I I enjoy a, a nerdly podcast called the Glass Cannon Podcast and they do live plays of Pathfinder and other like tabletop role-playing games. Oh, that's and they cool. have a live show in Boston tonight that I'm going to go see. And they were handing out some free tickets yesterday. They had like an impromptu meet in oh, wow. at like a bar in Boston. And we're going to hand out some free tickets. It's just hard, I think, to fill seats. Yeah. And this is like, they have consistently sold out every show. But since the pandemic, they've had a few. 
but I think across the board, just the entertainment industry is still lagging. And I don't blame, like, that. I'm not surprised rather by that because everyone's still kind of tentatively afraid of getting into large groups. Well, I think now more because of, of the, the new variant or whatever. Yeah. And the cases going up, they're a lot more tentative. But I remember Bianca's coming to Miami where I'm at. And mm-hmm. usually you can't get tickets. Like, they sell out quick. And I checked the other day, they were still available. Yeah, I think everyone's just a little worried, which is good. I'd rather have people be worried and have performers be able to have shows, but at the same time, people are still a little bit more cautious about remaining safe, because that's where we need to be right now. And eventually we'll get through it, but it takes some caution and care for now. Yeah, me and Byron are planning on going to like a seated drag show in October. Mm -hmm. Um, At, um... It's at like a proper like um like theater concert hall kind of thing. Right. Um oh, and that's okay. actually where I saw Latrice Royale. So I know it's a nice venue and I know it's it's great seating and all that kind of stuff, really good view mm-hmm. of the stage. Um so yeah, I think we're gonna do that because October Halloween's our anniver- wedding anniversary. So we try and do like some type of drag show around there. I know last year we lucked out and for some reason like the Canada's drag race girls were touring. So I got to see Jimbo and Tanyomi Banks. Wait, so let's go back a bit. You had a Halloween wedding? Yes. Oh, I love that. A hundred percent had a Halloween wedding. Oh my god. Were you dressed as a bat in a big black dress? Um, I was not in drag for my wedding. I was not doing drag yet. But um, (laughs) this year I'm handing up candy and drag. Excellent. You'll terrify the children. (laughs) I'm not going to wear my cunt lashes. That's probably for the best. Yeah. But I, I am going to try and be some like fun, crazy, clowny drag queen for the kids. Good. Yeah, not like uh, not like a scary man who's trying to look like a woman, like literally like clowny out there, crazy, zany. You know what I mean? Like yeah, something yeah. that kids can see like humor and fun in. Bright and kooky. Yeah. Can't be not necessarily like um, very like trying to be a visual illusion of a woman. Yeah, yo. Yeah. I feel like that can be. And when I think of, of anything, when I think of you, I think of a uh, verifiable woman. Yes, right? biological, biological woman. woman. Absolutely. Convincing drag. That is your brand. I am I, Madam Ivy Drip, the bio queen. <laughs> you never know. Who draws no their eyeballs down, to, like down to their cheekbones? <laughs> Some sort know. of Lovecraftian monster, real thing. Like, have you guys ever, like, has anyone ever noticed that, like, my eyeballs go into my blush? Yes, I've also noticed how overwhelmingly large you overdraw your lips. It, it is a joy and a treat to see someone really commit. I'm becoming obsessed with them, though. You should like, be. It is, it, oh. it's distinct and it's fun. Uh, but, like, they're not so big that it looks insane right but they're big enough that you're like those are not his those are not the, that person's well, lips well it depends on your definition of insane but they look good on you they won't get her committed but she's gonna get some side eye i mean yeah I, I i draw on the pump that i would get if i was committed to getting my lips pumped but i really just want some light fillers around my eyes wow you'd get your lips pumped that big i would never you're, oh my, it, in my dreams, in my dreams, yes. But in what? my dreams, I also have lime green hair growing out of my scalp, so. I mean, you can make that happen with enough money and time. Yeah, I need to be like Jeff Bezos money, though. Just oh, let yeah, me own really Amazon to, for a minute. <laughs> on a weekly basis, get that re-dyed just to make sure the roots never show. Amazon should be paying me for how much drag I order from them. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was gonna say the, the lime Fuck. green hair you can do. I know I have lime green hair. I got it from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually my nicest wig though, because like after, especially watching after a lot of James Mansfield videos, mm-hmm. and like seeing like some like the shitty hair textures and like how far apart the tracks are spread out. Like that green wig actually has so much fucking hair in it. I cut off so much hair from that wig to style it for Charlie Hyde's bingo coming up. Yeah. There is still so much fucking hair in that wig, Juicy. 
You know, it is surprising what quality of wig you can find on Amazon for not that bad a price. Oh, you, I think I'm going to buy a couple a, more if I can find them again. Yeah, it's a bit of a crapshoot, but you can find some really good stuff if you just look. Also, like, watching James Manfield now, I'm not scared to buy a wig and have it come to my house and need to be like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's... I also have really learned a lot from Ms. Mansfield and like losing the fear of just having to work with something that's less than ideal to make something fun out of it. Is it that is a really, I think, good thing to have to help force you to grow creatively, right? Because then you're less yeah. afraid of being challenged. And you're more willing to take a risk. You know what we should do? We should Lots. find like the same shitty wig on Amazon. We'll both order okay. it. And then we'll go and like zoom together. Okay. And we'll style them. I dig it. Let's do it. And we'll do like a nice like rooted hairline and we'll like, we'll teach ourselves some things while we're, you know, doing it together. God, I still haven't That'd figured so out how fun. to do a rooted hairline. I want to try it. That's why I figured like maybe if we do it together, at least like. Yeah, then we maybe can both each of fools. us will pick up things that the other's not. And we can help each other. And when we both fail and look like idiots. What will be great is that we won't be idiots alone. Exactly. Oh my God, yeah, let's do it. I'm yeah, so 100%. Trish is just like listening to this drag madness, like. I'm just, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Me and Juicy are crazy. I hadn't noticed. So what other questions do you have? Hit me with another question. Hit you with another question? Okay, so yes. I didn't actually- Please, sir, um, may I have another? I didn't prep any real questions. Okay. Um, I think um, it's I, funny, she actually thinks we prepared. <laughs> I literally told her, I was like, I prep questions sometimes, but like, I'm already like, I already like know you and like rip with you, so I'm not gonna like do that. <laughs> Valid. Um, no, let's ask, I want to ask you about your sewing, actually, because yeah. I know, um, you're very much so into, like, learning the techniques for, like, specific periods and stuff like that, because mm -hmm. you've given me a lot of tips and tricks with sewing like that. So, like, what's your favorite period to go for, and, like, what are the elements of those garments that make it your favorite? So, I love the fashion of the really early 40s and late 30s. And part of it is I love that sort of old Hollywood glamour aesthetic, but another thing I love is the like strength of the silhouettes and the way women's bodies were shaped by the clothing then. Yeah. Because like, if you take a look at the 20s, there's no curve at all, right? Like you have these flat rectangular dresses that are intended to minimize curve. And then when you get into the 30s, you take those silhouettes, the early 30s, and then you get something silkier and more fitted and more hippie. Mm -hmm. And then in the late 30s and early 40s, you end up with these like super boxy women's suits. And it's like pre-war fashion specifically, where you have these like shoulder pads out three feet. Yeah. It's like triangular top nipped in. And then it like comes down as a rectangle that's wider than the hip. And then you have these like long straight skirts or A-line skirts. And this just insane silhouette is so geometric. And then there's always a huge ass hat on oh, victory yes. rolls, right? Yes, the victory so, like, you have rolls this, like, with the hat on High top. rolled hair, a big like heart-shaped halo hat. And then this like insane geometric shape. I think that period of fashion is so fun and so exciting. And then of course it sort of contracts during the war. And then by like 1947, after the war, you end up with the new look where like you have the, the like Dior skirts that poof out with the really cinched waist and like this delicate feminine thing that yeah. is not my brand. Delicate and feminine, I like to pretend to have, but don't like that sort of pseudo masculine boxy strangeness of like 1941 and 1939 yeah. that's Kinda a good like, time for me it's almost like they took like one of their husband's suits out of the closet and were just like okay how can i modify this a bit and yes. ma like make it a woman's garment so they're just like 
cut the pants up and stitch them together. So that's why like the pencil skirt is just like unnecessarily wide. And then yeah. you fucking well, that's literally what happened with during their... the war, yeah. where like all of their husbands went off to war, and rations stopped them from getting enough fabric to make anything, and there was just no fashion industry like there is today. Yeah. So a lot of women did convert their husbands' clothing to like women's garments, and that that's absolutely what work. happened then. I uh, love it. Yeah, I do too. It's, there's something about the sort of innovation and creativity of the wartime fashion, and then the sort of artistic like fugue of the pre-war fashion that really excite me and like a good example of like where i take inspiration from is i don't know if you've ever seen his girl friday no rosalind russell is amazing in that movie and she it's this fast talking absurdist comedy about these two journalists who are ex-husband and wife she wants to remarry and she needs him to sign divorce papers and he ropes her into a case about a guy who might have committed a murder but this whole thing is this like insane fast talking comedy and rosalind russell in it yeah it's great i would recommend it to everybody but like rosalind russell in it wears this like super boxy wide-shouldered suit with like a big hat and her like crazy hair and she's just like talking a hundred miles a minute the whole time and that's the kind of vibe I want every day of my life. Oh my, to a, the, I literally just Googled right now. Detail. Gorge. Gorge. Yeah, and the attention to detail too, with like the way the garments were made, like they oh, lasted. Yeah. Well, and like that, the thing I think of too from that movie, when she, the first scene she's in, she's wearing, it's black and white, so you don't know what color it is. I assume it's like purple, like aubergine or something. Yeah. But it's got these pinstripes and they're kind of bold. And the whole suit is cut in a way where it plays on the bias of these really bold stripes. So you get this like insane patterning with the way like the shape of her body and the shape of the silhouette is accentuated by the directionality of those lines. And then she yeah. has this like insane hat. So it's like, do you know what a halo hat is? They're like the big round hats yeah. that women wore at the time. And sometimes so they have like the little veil on them. Yes, yeah. So this halo hat has no veil, but it has like a top hat piece in the middle of it. And it's this big wide black brim that's like kilt off kilter. And then this like top hat piece is it's got the same striped fabric on her suit, yeah. but each stripe oh, is like yeah. turned 45 degrees. So you end up with these like chevrons and it just looks was, insane. But it's just yeah. so yeah. fun. Yeah. I ha- I have, I'm looking at the picture now. It's like it's a chevron, almost like a, on the sleeve, especially. Yep. Like yeah. it looks like a, like a sh- almost chevron stripe on the sleeve, mm-hmm. and like the the body is like diagonal stripe. And like the lapels are big too, if I remember correctly, right? And those are like at a bias to like the stripes are at a weird angle against yeah, the, the contrast stri- of the for like front of the body. Yeah, the stripes yeah. are every which way. They're not consistent. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful so which way yeah it it's so fun and just like fashion fashion changed a lot after the war because like american industries sort of took over the world and sort of in, even further industrialized the fashion industry and that's when you start seeing some fast fashion really happen and that continues to increase over time until you get the 90s and the early aughts where it just goes crazy and everything's polyester but like <laughs> like before the war it wasn't just fast fashion available so you had more like weird experimental things that popped up in media to really showcase new designers or like interesting designers and that's a really good example of like what I like from that period I love it that was honestly like thank you for telling us about that because I looked up that suit too it was gorge there's like the chevrons and like the way it was just like so many stripes but like they go together but they were almost conflicting it's really busy it's something that would look like if someone went out in that suit now it would look garish Oh, and just crazy, looking, especially yeah. with the hat, right? Because that hat's just bananas. Yeah, it's but all just too much. That was high fashion. That was Hollywood in 1939. But I love how campy it is. Like it's yes, it's campy without like, um, being like over the top and like you know what I mean. Like I would still like, honestly, like if I saw a drag queen in that right like today, oh my god. Oh yeah, I've considered reproducing that that whole suit 
just you because really it's so fun. I would really like that. I would do it in like, like I, I, black pinstripes on like a blue, I think. Ooh. I don't know. I haven't decided what color I'd want it to be because I can't tell what color it is. Yeah. It just looks like a deeper shade with black pins. So it, it, it's tough. I wonder if there are like things that can like be used to, um, whatchamacallit, um, like change black and white photos into color or like partial color or something so you could get like a there are things idea. that do it but it there are lots of recolors of like posters from that movie it, with her in that suit and she's shown in it in those like colorized versions in green in red and in purple i think oh, are the God. main ones i've seen because you can't really tell it yeah. because it's all about relative hue and like depth of tone Mm -hmm. but the actual color itself is is removed it's really hard to tell it was probably purple is my guess uh, I, it looks if I like remember it might have been a purple they used a lot of purples because they showed up well as a shade mm -hmm. on on camera in black and white film at the time that's why yeah. like that's yeah. why 1920s and early 30s makeup is the way it is is because Hollywood changed how they were putting makeup on women so it would actually show up on camera. And people trying to reproduce that look gave that like big smoky eye and that like heart-shaped lip. And like yeah. the bright like cheeks where they put rouge. Yep, the like circles. Yeah. The like pop pop. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the like the finger dabs. I actually have a classic creme rouge. 420s looks for that purpose to get like the fingerprint marks to dab it on. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me about that, I think, during our first live. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bezeme is a hashtag not sponsored, but Bezeme is a really cool makeup company that does reproductions of makeup from throughout the 20th century. So they have a lipstick shade for every decade and they have like classic creme rouges and like old school powders for people who want to do like early 20th century like style looks and some people do a lot of history bounding and they go to Besame for those cosmetics really cool I they actually make my favorite lipsticks I use their victory red which is their like 1940s tone the wartime one and Ooh. then uh red hot which is their like Monroe style uh red which is like a vibrant red with hints of orange in it because if you look at like um uh Monroe in a gentleman prefer blondes the red lip she's wearing is uh, slightly orange-ish yeah that's to make it look brighter on camera oh work that's so yeah neat. i was gonna yeah i was gonna comment now that you brought up because i love a red lip mm -hmm. and the reds that you wear are so beautiful see it i i believe that there are only two valid shades of lip and one is slot red and the other is hot pink <laughs> <laughs> I love a nice, <laughs> deep nude lip. I I know a lot of people do, but I just won't do it. I can't. It has, it has to be so red. It can't be natural for me. It just I just love that like velvety red, like blood color. Yeah. I I either pass. like to do like, like pink, 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 or, like, fucking um. Nude. So I have this really nice nude Smashbox that my friend gave me. Yeah. Because she uh, works for a place that sells a shit ton of high-end cosmetics here. So she just oh, gets cool. a shit ton for free. So she's like, here, I got this lipstick. I think it would look good on you. It would be good for drag. And I used it once and I was like, oh my fucking God. First of all, you put the shit on and like literally instantly, it won't come off now. It's just there. And I wow. love that. I, I might own a nude lip maybe i can't remember <laughs> i i know I, I have like 10 different shades of red i have a purple i have a couple hot pinks because honestly trixie mattel has some really nice pink lipsticks that i love and then yeah. i have a couple blacks i have an urban decay liquid black that i love for when i'm doing like a gothy look mm-hmm because it's like this sort of, it's a flat matte liquid lip. It goes on, Ooh. once it dries, it stays on and doesn't budge. 
It, it kind mm. of comes in a little gray. So what I'll usually do is in the center add a pop of color, either in red or even a green, depending on what I'm wearing. Yeah. That way it, it adds a bit more dimension to the lip because just a flat gray isn't a lot of dimension. Yeah. I'd rather have my lips look a little bit more plush and round. I've actually started taking my um, Ben Nye white stick foundation and using it mm. to like highlight my lips. Inside, yeah, a lot outside. of people do that. I learned yeah. that trick from watching Juno Birch. I fucking love oh, it. Love, love Juno Birch. Juno Birch is just stunning. I love her so much. I'm excited for her tour when she hits the US. I'm going to see her. Oh, I'm ex- I, pay- I don't think she's coming to my area, but if no. you can go see her, recommend it. She's yeah, I have to figure out stunning. if she's coming to Boston. I think she might. And if she goes to New York and not Boston, I will drive down. I don't care. And I'll paint myself blue for it. Why the hell not? Why not? I, oh, uh, like I love her alien makeup, but like I, when she's she's done a couple where it's just like a natural, or oh for God, her natural gorgeous. woman look, she's beautiful. It's stupid how beautiful she is. That shouldn't be allowed. <sighs> she just does those looks. She just puts on a real face and calls me ugly. And like what? Yeah, I know. And then even when she does like the the blues or the pink like foundation, still. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell? So freaking stunning. So yeah. gorgeous with the makeup. Yeah, you asked about uh, the like period drag that I love. I am currently in the middle of making these 18th century stays. Yeah. So stays are what happened before corsets were a thing. Okay. Uh, and it gives you this unique silhouette. So when you think of a corset, you get this sort of hourglass shape. It nips in at the waist, but it's these smooth S-shaped curves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a specific right. style of the Victorian corset that was the S-curve corset. The stays, on the other hand, have what's called a prow front, where it looks like a boat, because the whole thing is boned in a way that makes it sort of flatten out and round out the chest, and it leans kind of forward. But it comes out like a cone. So it gives you a very different kind of silhouette and a different way to show like femininity. And I really, really love the way that the the like 18th century stay in particular, like a long one, will shape the body and redirect the eye. Because what it ends up doing is it ends up lengthening the torso. And that's one of the effects it has on making like a torso look smaller rather than cinching because stays did not tight lace. They, tight lacing wasn't a thing really until like 1890. So really? the way they got the illusion of a tight waist was to lengthen the torso and have those big pads on the side. So that's why you had those paniers, the like basket shaped things underneath yes. the skirts on the hips to make everything super wide in the 18th century. And that oh. was to make the waist look smaller as you're lengthening the torso. And I really wanted to, yeah, it was. And I really want to work with that kind of a silhouette in my drag to see what I can do. And not like a Marie Antoinette recreation kind of way, but to sort of modernize that silhouette in a way that's interesting. I've wanted to do that for a while. So I'm really dedicating myself to doing a nice pair of stays. And you're actually making them? Yeah, yeah. I got a shit ton wow. of synthetic whalebone. It's um, it's lined with canvas, or not lined with it's. So it's the structure is these two layers of canvas. You sew lots of boning channels. I'm doing fully boned stays, which means almost the whole wow. thing is just fully boned. So it'll stand up on its own when it's done. Um, oh wow! If I rest it on a table, and then the cover of it is this gorgeous like royal blue and crimson silk taffeta. So depending on the angle, the tone will change and the crimson will pop. And then the inside will be lined with like a, I think I I got just a a light linen so that way it absorbs sweat. Um, And yeah, that's gonna be really fun. And then I got got some light blue suede for the uh, like underarm part. So that way it covers up and protects the skin from chafing. I'm really excited for the finished product. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna lay us up in the back. It sounds like it's gonna look beautiful. I think it will. I'm curious on the results though, because I I, uh, used my measurements with a breastplate on, because you can't wear a bra, right? Because the boobs are lifted by the corset and chicken cutlets are not gonna, well, cut it. So (laughs) I I have to use a breastplate and we're gonna see if it fits as well as I hope it does. And if not, I'm gonna have to figure out something else, but we'll see. 
Is it going to be like sleeves off the shoulder? Uh, it uh, well the, with the stays. The stays is just like the corseted piece, right? So there are no sleeves on it. It does have straps that will be like wide on the shoulder. Okay. So that way, yeah, because you can either have like um, straps that go over the shoulder, or you can build stays without them. And I chose to have straps just because I think it'll look nicer. And then I'm also in the process of making a new chemise a la Ren, which is a dress that Marie Antoinette wore. Uh, and she actually popularized it, and then people hated her for it. So that's why I love it. But uh, I'm going to make a new one because I've made one before, but I didn't really make it in the right fabric. And okay. I want it to close in the front instead of the back. So that's going to be a whole thing. I want to do that by fall. So I can take some fun New England pictures in 18th century drag. Ooh, that'd actually be oh. really cool. That sounds yeah. fucking awesome. With all the gorgeous and... fall colors. Yes. You just um, and you, looking like is a there a biological woman. Mm-hmm. I know. Is there a traditional color for chemise à la reine? Uh, usually they're white, uh, but they did actually make them in um, a number of colors. They were usually, from the research I've done, like pastels. Uh, sometimes they would be a little darker, but it's usually made out of a light uh, fabric, usually like a cotton voile is the equivalent you would use now. That's actually what I got was a really fine cotton voile for that uh, dress. But I used gauze last time, like a, a light cotton gauze, which was actually kind of nice, but it's so soft. I yeah. It's just too delicate because it's gauze, right? So I need yeah, something that's a delicate. little bit finer and a little bit more uh, robust so it doesn't like fall apart on me too easily. Yeah, the wear. fits a little better. Yeah, the wear on the gauze would be really fast for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's nice and soft and comfy, but... <laughs> It is, it really is. That dress is actually very light because it's just gauze. But there's so much fabric. I think there are 10 yards in the skirt alone of fabric. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think- Damn. Yeah, I think I bought 12 yards for that and I used two yards for the top, maybe two and a half. And then I think it was 10 yards for the skirt. And it's just, everything is turned horizontal and then I cut it to the appropriate width and then it's all gathered and then sewn into the waistline. That was how that, pattern went but that pattern seems to be both uh perhaps historically inaccurate and um it doesn't give the results i want it to i've seen other reproductions of this garment so i should describe it so the chemise a ren is an answer to those really rigid and tight fitting dresses of the 18th century that we normally think of with the big pannier on the side and those like really wide low necks and, and you have that like sack back and uh, robe a la Francaise, uh, or they're like robe polonaise, right? The chemise was basically underwear that got converted into a big old dress. And it's this loose fitted piece with like a ruff around the neck in like a wide line, but it's not as wide or low as other dresses of the time. And these like big puffy gauzy sleeves with lace on the, on the ends of those. And then it gathers up a lot at the waist, so you get a lot of bunching and texture, but it doesn't really show that tight curve. And then the skirt isn't, like, it doesn't have the same kind of structure underneath, so it's bunched up a lot and it has a lot of fullness and volume, but it it's not, it, it doesn't have that kind of, like, bell shape to it. It just sort yeah. of flows it, on the bottom, yeah. Okay. Yeah, not a lot of structure at the bottom. Right, exactly. And then it always has a sash from what I'm looking at. Yeah, there are portraits with like, uh, the one with Marie Antoinette is might be the one you're looking at, or um, uh, Madame Lavoisier. Those are the two most popular image like search pops when you look up the Robe la Francaise. Both are gorgeous dresses. Um, and they're both just excellent historical figures. Marie Antoinette's fascinating to me, but Madame Lavoisier, uh, was the wife of uh, Antoine Lavoisier. I believe his name was Antoine. He was one of the famous early chemists and like physicists of the Enlightenment who ended up, I believe he lost his head in the revolution and she ran away to maybe Austria. But she actually did, a, I, I suspect, a lot of the real science and he took a lot of credit for it yeah. because she was the one taking all the notes 
and basically doing all the heavy lifting with like math and working on paper while he was basically talking up the results of his experiments. So I suspect she was actually the brains of the operation and he was just the face. That happened with a yeah. lot of women at the time. Well, yeah, it says that yeah. she was a chemist and that she was his lab partner and contributed to his work. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. You couldn't be a strong, thoughtful woman back then, though. Well, the, she definitely uncompromisingly so definitely was but yeah 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 but it's I still love, like I it helps her. if you have a man that will like that you can speak through at yes. that time oh, it absolutely more people did. will listen yeah well and, and that time too though like it was easier like to kind of yeah to hide behind a man yes if you're a yeah. woman yeah like she couldn't get published right in scientific yeah. journals so they had it had to be published through him or under a pseudonym yeah, because no one they'd laugh at her. You could have yeah, the or, you could have yeah. the best science possible and they'd still laugh at you. They'd be like, You can't possibly know anything. You're a woman. Yeah, that's why like uh, Marie Curie was so significant, right? Because she was the first like real breakthrough woman in the sciences who was able to take credit for what she was doing. Yeah, like actually became famous for it. We still can't yeah. we still can't read her journal. <sighs> What a brilliant woman. I think but, it's oops. like another hundred years or something before we can open her journal. Before like, Oh, it's so radioactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so radioactive. What contaminated it? But yeah, that could it could very well even be longer than that. Yeah, but it's like it's estimated at least another hundred years before we can even like Interact get in suits. Get in suits and crack it safely. Yeah, it's like because it's just so heavily irradiated, apparently. But like, I you mean, you could probably get it in a hot cell. So, uh, so I should clarify. I used to work with radioactive material. Oh really? I, I used to make radioactive drugs. Yeah. Fuck and uh, oh, my dad, my dad works in nuclear power. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I used to make uh, imaging drugs for cancer scans. Uh, like my cool. day job is in biotech, so I yeah. Oh, that's cool. But um. They build oh, wow. these cells with these one-to-one -one movement. I call them robotic arms, but that's how we used to like manipulate the the medicine we were making to prepare it for the pharmacy that would take it and dose it out for patients who needed cancer diagnostics. Yeah, is you would have this like lead plate glass window in a big lead-lined box with a light inside it, and that's how you would like manipulate it. So they could probably take Marie Curie's journal, yeah, you know, put it in a lead box or a tungsten box or whatever to get it there, put it into a hot cell, and then use the the little crab claws to open the book Yeah, and look at the pages if they really needed to. My guess yeah, is that so much of what she did was published, they don't really need to, so they'll wait. That yeah. and the, it's probably too delicate. That too. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because like um, prior to 9-11, I used to get to like go to the nuclear power plant and I've gotten mm -hmm. to like go in the like big like fucking suits and everything like that. Right. And like see all that crazy shit um, and see like fucking six foot thick lead walls, uh, <laughs> which are something to fucking see, let me tell you. Um, so yeah, like it's like I feel like there is a way they could do it, but I also feel like it's probably because like at this point the book is so old yeah that you wouldn't yeah. want to risk like a suit or a mechanical arm damaging it in any way and it's probably not archival paper it's probably super delicate yeah. yeah that's fair like i can't imagine she was using like you know like top quality paper and also like who knows what the radiation has done to that paper yeah, yeah that's uh, that's yeah. the thing i was thinking too yeah because like we all know yeah. radiation does really fucked up shit with things Yes, it can. Yeah, yeah like it's it's a very weird. They're very weird um, molecules. Yeah, and it's so unpredictable too. That's the real danger with radioactivity yeah. is it's not necessarily dependent on how much radiation you're exposed to for a lot of the type. like after effects. Yeah. Or, or even just the, well, the type matters too, but like it, it's sort of independent of the amount with certain effects that can affect you and like say what gives you cancer isn't necessarily about how much radiation you've gotten just that you were exposed yeah. to it then the more mm -hmm. you're exposed the more likely it becomes because of statistics whereas other things like radiation sickness is dependent on the exposure right so that's why like yeah. when you watch chernobyl you see the people getting like sort of melting apart very quickly over 48 hours after that intense exposure that's because that's a different kind of effect. Uh, but most of the bad stuff with cancer is unpredictable. Yeah. 
like it's the like, like that like that Chernobyl finger to, like talking about. That's literally like essentially those people were microwaved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. literally what happened. Yeah, like essentially they were <laughs> microwaved. That's why they like broke down because. It, yeah, like it'll literally fucking microwave you. Was um, my ex worked in radio? I swear this will be the last thing we do off topic. Um, <laughs> my ex worked in radio, and one time they do like live on airs from like locations, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously they have to like set up equipment. There's a lot of like radio waves and stuff that come off that, which radio yeah. waves also give off radiation. Someone set up the radio, um, like the receiver antenna inside of a store oh they could have microwaved every single person in that store yeah that's not great isn't that terrifying yeah that's i know why, that's why cell towers are so tall part of it yeah part of it's for being able to communicate with them part of it's to get it out of reach of people yeah and you still don't want to live that close to one yeah but um i believe i think we've kept you long enough i know you have plans today or this evening I want to make sure that you get to those on time. Well, thank you for having me. This was uh, fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Absolutely. When you're done your ensemble, um, we'd love to have you on. And you can talk about the journey. Happily, anytime. Because, yeah, no, I love that, like, we can talk about, like, like, everyone we get on the show, we have, like, something that we get off topic with. And you, it seemed to be, like, fashion and stuff like that. So, like, definitely need to, like, do more of that. Yeah, happily, anytime. Um, before we go, we always tell um, everyone, do you want to plug anything? Do you want to plug yourself? Yeah, uh, you can find me on the twitter.com as Juicy Gar- at Juicy Garland. And then on the Instagram, I am at Juicy.Garland. Uh, so you can always find me there. I'm constantly posting stuff that I'm doing, trying to show new looks I'm doing or selling projects and different different things I find interesting. So you'll find that there. Yes, you just did a Star Trek look. I did. Yeah, when we did our most recent Instagram live, I put I recreated a Star Trek look I had done just before the pandemic to sort of see how my makeup has changed since then. And I'm really happy with the results. That was a fun one. That wig was really fun. My husband's obsessed. He's obsessed. Like he's just Yeah, he's obsessed. Um, well, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Of course. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so we'll, um, I'll be sure to link your Twitter and your Instagram okay. in the description Thanks. for the podcast. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, enjoy your, um, it's kind of like a podcast live stream, you said? Yeah. Live show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In that's person, so cool. which is it'll be I love really podcasts so I love that you're I love that you get to go see one in like person that's so cool I love that they're doing that now yeah it yeah it's kind of tentative I think they're trying out and seeing if they can keep going <laughs> before things get closed down again it works really well for race chasers so I mean they, they, there's no reason for them not to try it <laughs> hey Alaska and Woodlum sell out entire fucking like theaters St- right now uh, yeah like they have a they have a UK tour coming up next year where they're doing a whole bunch of they literally just record the podcast live on a stage and do like they do like extra things while they're there but yeah like yeah it's literally just podcast in live format hmm, rad that's awesome yeah so like rad. I'm super excited and jelly definitely yeah <laughs> we'll take lots of pictures we'll do all right well love you doll thanks for being here sis all right thanks have a bye. good one you too bye 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 Bye. Um, okay, apparently. There we go.